OBJ has a great game, you trade him right away. I mean, that offense is just a dumpster fire. They got players freaking tweeting about killing people and you know, being away. It's like, what is going on over there, man? Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy good. Bad boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the 2-on-1, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me today is the commish, Tommy Molio. Uh, everyone's best friend is out this week, but he'll be joining us again next week. It was an awesome weekend of NFL action, so let's get started, as we always do, with NFL Quick Hits. NFL Quick Hits. There's only one undefeated team left in the NFL, thanks to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson led the Ravens to an impressive beatdown of the New England Patriots. America thanks you, Lamar. I honestly don't think there's anything better than watching Tom Brady and Bill Belichick get flustered the way they did on Sunday. The score ended up being 37-20, to 20, but it felt even more lopsided than that. Instead of talking about more games this week, I want to kind of change it up with you guys, and I wanted to talk and get some uh, feedback from Tommy about the challengeable pass interference rule. I feel like it's affecting the NFL quite a bit, especially in fantasy. You know, drives could be sustained because of these penalties, or we lose maybe um, uh, uh, some points because of offensive uh, penalties, uh, pass interference penalties. So the NFL always seems to botch new rules, um, but I think they really did a number on this one. Just to give you an idea of how bad the challenges have been for pass interference, right now, through week nine weeks, there are only five out of 53 challenges have been overturned. So we're constantly seeing blamed pass interference penalties not being overturned and worse without any explanation. Uh, I'm starting to get personally insulted by some of these verdicts. And honestly, I feel like the NFL thinks that the fans are stupid and that we don't know what's going on. So uh, I just wanted to get your two cents on this. Tommy, what you think about so far? Yeah, I totally agree. The lack of explanation um, has been real interesting. I mean, you usually get like Fox, uh, if you're watching on Fox or, or CBS, you know, they'll have somebody... Uh, come in and, and give some sort of explanation, you know, but but even then, like those guys have been wrong about it. And and I get where, what the NFL was doing to try to give the coaches a little bit more opportunity to challenge, you know, something that they think is wrong. But that stat is crazy that none of them are being overturned. So it's I, I don't know, you know, like, are we missing something that, that the refs aren't seeing? And like you said, it'd be nice if they would explain themselves. But at the same time, I just feel like it goes hand in hand with how bad the officiating has been this year all around and how many ticky tack little calls get made. And I think the worst one uh, or the worst part about it is the inconsistency, you know, and so it's cool if they're going to play it really tight, you know, and then they're going to call a lot of stuff They're going to call every little holding penalty but make it even across the board, you know, and if, and on the flip of that too, if you're, if you're going to play it loose, then just keep it the same, just keep it even. So to see uh, it not be very consistent and then not be very good and flat out wrong a bunch of times. Yeah. I'm it, it's starting to ruin things. And, you know, um, player safety is one thing. Um, the, the integrity of the game is one thing, but they, they just have too much like power or something. And it's, it's changing up too much of the game that we want to see. Yeah, I think that if every week now or any NFL game I see now, uh, whether it be on red zone or if I'm actually watching like the Raiders play, um, I just feel like uh, the referees are always part of the narrative of a game. 
And I think that's the problem. I think that if we're talking about refereeing every time, either whether it be one of these pass interference calls or uh, uh, roughing the passer, which I think mm-hmm. is getting re- unrealistic. I mean, to the point where like people can't even breathe on quarterbacks or they get a 15 yard penalty and those aren't reviewable. But even if they were, what good would it do? So right. I think uh, to your point, I think it's ruining a lot of the game. And I honestly think they did it to appease just a certain number of fans, the Saints mainly uh, last year mm-hmm. because of that penalty in the NFC Championship. And they made it worse. And I guarantee you probably next year it's going to go back to how it was before. It's yeah. not going to be a challenge with play. So. And you and you see like a lot you – know, and as a fan and, and guys on the field, sometimes you'll see them like waiting – to see if a penalty is going to be thrown, you know, and I think it was like week right. three or four uh, with Mahomes. He was about to, he's about to take off running. You see him look back at the ref, like waiting, like, are you going to throw the flag? And like, no, no. Okay, cool. I'll start running, you know, and that's like terrible. You shouldn't be worried every single play. If the ref is going to throw a flag. Definitely. Definitely. All right, guys on the injury front. Um, it does look like Alvin Kamara will be back with the saints this week. Um, but we still think that Latavius Murray is a, maybe a RB three flex for this week, but just keep it monitoring that. Uh, Brandon Cooks looks like we'll be out this week for the Rams um, with a concussion. Uh, I believe it's his second concussion of the year. So it's typically like in Sterling Shepard's case for the New York giants, this kind of takes a little bit of time. Um, so he, he's going to be out this week. So make sure you fire up Josh Reynolds, um, uh, wide receiver. Adam Thielen has already been ruled out for week 10 uh, with that hamstring injury. looks like he re-injured again in the first quarter against the chiefs. So, Really tough for Thielen owners. Um, James Conner still day-to-day with his injury, but we should have a better idea of his playing status come Friday of this week. Um, so make sure you're holding on to Jalen Samuels because I think he's going to be another good uh, start for this week. And as always, please, please, please follow the podcast Twitter handle at 211FFBpodcast to stay up-to-date with all the latest updates on, and injury news on fantasy football. All right, Tommy, what do you have for this week, bud? So you kind of barely touched on it in your intro about having one last undefeated team uh, left in the NFL, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. But I don't want to just talk Niners. I also just want to highlight the Bay Area in general and mention how uh, the Raiders have been playing lately. So, you know, just a little bit of props to the Bay Area. San Francisco, that defense is just lights out, playing amazing. And and fancy wise too, putting up great points. Last week wasn't as great uh, fancy wise, but they're still killing it. Still uh, helping their team remain undefeated. Jimmy Garoppolo's coming around, spinning the ball around, throwing some touchdowns. And you know the only somewhat unfortunate thing about that team is just the run, uh, the running game where they have really competent running backs, but you don't really know who's going to go off from week to week. Uh, and then you know just to touch on the Raiders real quick, just. It's it's awesome to see them doing what they're doing. Uh, the losses they have had are, have been pretty close. Um, you know they've been in it, and the wins that they've had have, have you know come down to the wire. They haven't been easy wins, but but they're pulling them off. You know, and they're convincing a lot of people that they're the real deal this year. Derek Carr's playing lights out, throwing the ball all around, and and you know, coupled with um, you know him being able to do that because of a, a really solid run game with Josh Jacobs, and then the offensive line is blocking phenomenally. So. Um, you know, there's definitely some holes on, on both teams, uh, with the Raiders being the secondary. And like I said, with the Niners, their offense, but, um, to see the Bay area doing really well, I think it's great for football. It's great to see for California teams doing like doing that. And, um, you know, I think both have really good potential to get to the playoffs and do really well. So, um, yeah, it's been fun to watch, uh, especially as a California podcast Raider fans. I think they've been great. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? 
Yeah, I love it, man. I think uh, it's good for the NFL when the 49ers and the Raiders are relevant. I still think the 49ers are a little bit fluky. Their schedule hasn't been as good. I feel like we always see every year a team go get really hot and do well and maybe go undefeated for a while, and they always fizzle out or they lose in their first playoff game, kind of like the Rams did a couple years ago uh, before they went to the Super Bowl. Um, but the, the defense is legit. You know, that passing, that rushing passing game, uh, excuse me, rushing uh, pass attack for their defensive end with Nick Boza is incredible. So I'll be t- talking about him a little bit later. Um, and then with the Raiders, I mean, they're doing a great job with a, a really bad defense. Um, you know, luckily they're doing, defense is just doing just enough to keep them in games. And Derek Carr is playing lights out right now, probably one of his best seasons since the 2016 year. Um, we're just getting not, not not as many wins, so I think that's why people aren't catching you know, on the bandwagon yet. But uh, big game for them tomorrow against the Chargers, and I think with that being on national TV, uh, national game, I think it's a, a it could be a big statement game for the Raiders and to get to five and four. Yep, so definitely, man. Yeah, it's, I think it's a must win game for for both absolutely. teams. Absolutely, yeah, and, and so I think we're going to have a hopefully a lot of points. You know, Thursday night games aren't always amazing, but this is a great rivalry and a great game, and I think. Uh, I think it's gonna be good it's gonna be rocking up in oakland tomorrow definitely man all right let's get into some fantasy football talk all righty so this week for our fantasy football topic we are going to be doing some mid-season awards uh since we're already halfway through the year uh, we want to guys give you our opinion on offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year defensive player mvp offensive and kind of give you our Super Bowl predictions, too, for the year. So um, we're going to start right now with our Offensive Rookie of the Year. I kind of feel, Tommy, we're going to have a couple of the same guys. But, you know, there's two, uh, for me, at least, Rookie of the Year, defensive and offensive. There's two guys that have really uh, stood out to me. But go ahead and start us off with this one. Well, my Offensive Rookie of the Year, which I feel like we might have the same guy, <laughs> is Josh Jacobs for the Oakland Raiders. Definitely. So far, with 740 r- rushing yards, and six touchdowns, he has passed Marcus Allen for the most rushing yards in the first eight games of the season. And if to have, to have a rookie already be putting up those kind of numbers uh, to to be at the same page as Marcus Allen, if he could be in the next Marcus Allen type, man, that's going to look real good for the Raiders in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, right now they're projecting him to finish the year with 304 carries, uh, 1,480 yards, and 12 touchdowns um, for a rookie. And to be honest with you, they haven't even tapped into his receiving of capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can catch the ball. Um, they just haven't needed him quite like that yet. So um, I just I just think he's not getting as much. He's starting to get no notoriety. He's got those two two games, first rookie to do two games, or excuse me, fourth rookie to do two games with 120 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but uh, I feel that he's just one of those guys that just kind of chips away. It's just he get, he always falls forward. Every carry, you know, he, he rushes at least for five yards. You know, he's averaging, I think, 4.9 yards per carry. So basically five yards a carry. So it just it's just little chunks here and there. He just, yeah. He's not as explosive as Barkley last year. And I think that's what – he's not a, a highlight reel. If I guess that's what right. it is. And he's a really, really good running back. So I definitely agree with that one. I think right now he's running away with it. And it's like real subtle, right? Like um, yeah. his cuts are subtle, but they're getting them extra yards. His uh, stiff arms, his his strength, his, his his catching ability. You know, it's all subtle, but yeah, it's that kid's special. I'm telling you, very special. All right, Tommy, who do you have for a defensive rookie of the year? So this guy has been real intriguing for me because I thought the Raiders should have drafted him as their okay. star new pass rusher. 
but they didn't. Still happy with uh, with Clellan Farrell. I think it's still going to work out. It fits the scheme. But Josh Allen for the Jacksonville Jaguars has been rushing up a storm for so far this season. And it's already started with seven sacks as a rookie. And, you know, on pace to get at least 10 to 12. And and I think he's been a little bit overshadowed by by uh, by Nick Bosa. And, you know, but he's still he, he's awesome. So I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit contrarian with that pick just because I think this kid's awesome. And, he, and like I said, he's flying under the radar and he's um, putting up some great numbers for a rookie. I think it's because he's in Jacksonville. You know, it's hard. They don't get a lot <laughs> yeah. of notoriety, especially uh, uh, the way they've been playing lately. Um, but yeah, he's doing a great job. I mean, I really didn't expect that from him this year. You know, I, my my defensive rookie of the year right now is Nick Bosa from the 49ers. I think, um, you know, he's doing the same thing. Seven sacks, doing a great job. But I kind of lean towards your guy a little bit more because Nick Bosa has such a good uh, uh, supporting cast to help yeah. him out with rushing. You know, he's getting more one-on-one opportunities with Josh Allen. He's got Josh Allen has Calais Campbell, but um, definitely a way better defense in San Francisco. But I just love the way Nick Bosa plays, and I think he's been impacting. He has an interception already, um, so he's just he's playing lights out. And he didn't even play, I don't think, the first two games either. Yeah. So, uh, so he's doing a really good job. So right now, that's my defensive rookie of the year. All right, why don't you uh, give me your offensive player of the year so far, Tommy? So the guy that I like the most this year, the guy that I think has been the most consistent throughout the year and and deserves to be in consideration for offensive player of the year is Michael Thomas for oh, the New dude, Orleans Saints. Yes. Because, again, a guy that's kind of under the radar compared to the other names that have been talked about. Um, you right. know, I think you could put Christian McCaffrey here, uh, Russell right. Wilson, other, you know, other guys in that caliber, Dalvin Cook maybe, but... But Michael Thomas already has 73 receptions for 875 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, 73 receptions at halfway point in the season. That's, that's ridiculous. Incredible. You know, and, and we're not saying he's going to put up 100, you know, get 140 catches. But I don't know, maybe, you know, because <laughs> that's what he does. He catches the ball and he's getting opportunities and he's done it with Drew Brees and with Teddy Bridgewater. So no matter what, they're going to keep feeding him. And yeah, I, I just think the guy's great. Um, one, one of, you know, he's one of those guys that's like been my guys in the past. So the fact that Steve has him in our, that you got him in our, our super friends league, I've kind of been jealous of you since day one. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, uh, I got him because of your last year, how much you hyped him up to me when you had him. <laughs> um, and he's my offensive player of the year too. I mean, just the consistency, you know, when, when Drew Brees got hurt and I had him, I was like, man, I was kind of worried. And I remember, uh, I think it was Fantasy Pros, uh, Mike or, or Bobby said that, you know what, don't worry about it. Just keep firing him up. He's such a good player. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. And it's true. I mean, he's been outstanding. And the thing that impresses me the most about him is that he got his big contract last mm-hmm. year in the mm-hmm. offseason. And he's still hungry and fighting hard. That's when you know you have a good player. Right. And it, didn't, it wasn't the contract year when you had him last year where we were all impressed. And, oh, my God, he's so good. I think he's having a better year this year. And he already got paid. Yeah. So that just just to show you what kind of character the guy has and what kind of football player he is. So definitely, definitely agree with you on uh, on Michael Thomas. Thank guard Mike. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Tommy, who do you have for defensive player of the year? Kind of a hard one this year. I don't think anyone yeah. really stands out to me too much. So I'm totally going to cheat on this one. So my defensive player of the year is the entire New England Patriots oh, defense. Dude, are you stealing my stat? <laughs> dude, are you serious right now? Really? That's seriously what I have written down. I swear to God. And and hey, we did not talk about this beforehand. No. So this is just wow. happening. So maybe you can I, have I some other- do the same thing. 
it's yeah, hard. I can't think of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and some of the guys that are showing out right now are rookies. So, um, yeah. you know, so they have a, a plus seventeen takeaway differential, which is the best in the league, and six right. touchdowns. And I think that's really. Um, the the biggest factor, what makes this defense so good. We've talked about them numerous times on this podcast, but you know, we, we also said that there's no way Chicago is going to repeat as the number one defense, and no. they're definitely not, you know, because New England's doing it. And as good as San Francisco's defense is, New England's still better, mostly because of those the turnover ratio and the interception or and the touchdowns. Yeah, they have 17 interceptions already. Insane. You know, it's insane. I mean, they have a ton of sacks. You know, they're out there. What are they? Uh, fifth in uh, fantasy uh, player mm-hmm. uh, points. You know what I mean? So <laughs> overall, I, I, and I, I thought the same thing, too. I was thinking, you know, uh, who am I going to say? Uh, Sha- Shaquille Barrett from Tampa Bay. He's having a good sack year. But you know what? OK, uh, you know, then I thought Aaron Donald. But the fans aren't doing that good. But then I was like, you know what? Who's the best defensive player right now? It's the whole New England defense. Um, you know, they didn't have a great game against the Ravens. Um, but I also think they were on the field quite a bit too, and they hadn't done that yet. So be interesting to see how they bounce back. They got a buy, and I think they bounce back pretty strong when they come back. So great, yeah, two great minds think alike, Tommy. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> All righty. So the big and important one now: uh, who do you have for MVP uh, this year? Well, I hope we I don't think have. It might be the same. I, I know. <laughs> is it Christian McCaffrey? No, it's not. So okay, we're good. so I have Christian McCaffrey because the guy is a monster on the field, and we always talk about how we never expected him to be this good. And just how good is he? Just how good you ask? Well, he's on pace right now to be the highest scoring PPR player in fantasy history, and already wow. has topped Ladainian Tomlinson's stellar 2006 season where Tomlinson had 483 points at this point in the season, Christian McCaffrey, or sorry, for uh, 483 points total on the season, Christian McCaffrey right now is projected at 492. So that 2006 season by LT is is a thing of fantasy lore. You know, it still gets talked yeah. about. It still uh, is out there as, like, you know, how amazing LT was. And Christian is just putting that to sleep. And, and I have him in our fantasy league, in our Super Friends league. Um, and it's just it's just ridiculous what he's doing. He's already has 207 touches, you know, at halfway in the season. So that's a lot of volume, I know, but yeah. he's strong and he can hold on and he can get it. Uh, 207 touches for 933 total yards and 13 touchdowns, 10 of them coming on the ground, which is the most in his his career ever. So the fact that he's switching up his game still is effective, better than he's ever been. Um, it's just been ridiculous. And I think this guy deserves the MVP, at least from a fantasy standpoint. I just hope he, uh, is he a contract year? Cause he needs to get that contract before he gets too much aware. That's year, tires, three. year three. I know it's crazy, man. I mean, I think the other day I was watching the 49er game and I think he played a hundred percent of the snaps. I mean, that's unheard of nowadays in the mm-hmm. NFL. So that's the only thing that makes me nervous about him as much volume. Like, but he's having, I mean, they're having, they're riding them this year. They're doing really good. The Panthers without Cam Newton. Um, he's un- unbelievable. I mean, he is one of the best athletes in the NFL right now. And like you said, he does it now more with the rushing game, which that was part of maybe we didn't think that was, you know, he was so good at that, at his game at that, yeah. you know, so um, very impressive. But uh, my MVP this year uh, so far has to be Russell Wilson for me. Guy is playing lights out right now. Currently he already has um, 2,505 yards, 22 touchdowns, 
and one interception uh, QB rating of a seven QBR rating of 78.5. And he already also has um, three rushing touchdowns as well on to top those 20 to add to that 21. So I think Russell Wilson's playing lights out. I, I mean, it's the best I've ever seen him play. He scrambles, he gets, oh, he gets, you know, Tyler Lockett. He's making Tyler Lockett relevant, you know, mm-hmm. like big time. So uh, for me, uh, Russell Wilson is the MVP this year. How do you think he does with Josh Gordon coming back into the lineup or being um, added to the lineup? I, mean, some, I, I don't think it's going to hurt. You know, I think it's going to help him. I think if anything, it's going to hurt probably DK Metcalf a little bit. But, you know, since they lost uh, Disley, I feel like they've needed a red th- a red zone target uh, besides DK because, you know, Lockett's a little bit hard down there. So I think that they're going to kind of slow him into him. But kind of concerning about what the Patriots are saying about his work ethic. You know what I mean? Usually you don't mm-hmm. hear things leak out of the New England. So. Obviously, New England wanted to leak that for the reason uh, why they released them, but um, we'll see. You know, it's it's always hard to to, to, tra- to change teams in the middle of the season and be effective. So we'll see how that goes for them. All right, so let's finish this uh, uh, awards show with uh, Super Bowl prediction. Who do you have in this year's Super Bowl, Tommy? You know, with how well New England's defense has been playing, I, I find it really hard to put anyone else in the AFC over them. I mean, I know they just lost to the Ravens, right? But I, you know, it's, I think it's so hard to beat Bill twice. the The defense is going to carry him. The run game needs to step it up a little bit. But I think they're, I think they're going to represent the AFC, uh, and so represent the NFC against them. You know, I really think Monday Night Football is going to be a great showcase of two, two of some the best, two of the best teams in the NFC, and that's the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. And so I think whoever wins that game is going to be my pick to represent the NFC to go up against the Patriots. Yeah, I think the um, I think your Patriots call is right on. I think that every year um, we freak out about the Patriots. Um, this year it was a little bit later because they went 7-0, and you know? Mm-hmm. And now with them, that beat down that they got by the Ravens, everyone's freaking out. But like to, like to your point, you know, it's really, really hard to beat Belichick. Uh, twice and and I don't see the Ravens having home field advantage throughout the you know the uh the playoffs especially with how weak the AFC East is is this year that's one of the things that New England doesn't get talked about how bad that division has been for so many years so um I think they get home field advantage it's gonna be hard to beat them in December cold up there in in, uh, Foxborough um but my NFC team is uh, the New Orleans Saints man I think that with them getting Drew Brees back, mm-hmm. you know, they got to give Kamara three weeks of rest. But even without Kamara, they, you know, Latavius Murray played lights out. So I, I think, at, uh, you know, their defense is coming along and they're playing better every week. Um, and I just think the offense is going to keep humming. So I like the Saints, man. And if they get home field advantage, I, I think it's going to be hard to beat them in that in the Superdome. You know, I think it's going to be really hard, if whether it's the 49ers uh, or the Seahawks, you know. Yeah, unless some fluke uh, pass interference call doesn't happen again. <laughs> well, hopefully not, you know. But it'd be nice to see Drew Brees go out as a Super Bowl champion. I don't yeah. know. I just I love Drew Brees, man. As as you know, as much as uh, I hated him as a Charger when he came to the Saints and what he did for that city, and just the kind of guy he is. I mean, I want to play for him. You know what I mean? So he's a he's a cool dude. So I'd love to see him go out that way. I mean, unless, you know, for, obviously I want Derek Carter to hold the Lambo tro- uh, Lombardi trophy this year, but <laughs> if he's not going to hold it, I, I, I'm okay with Drew Brees doing right? it. So. I agree with you on yeah. that. Totally. Definitely. All right, Tommy, why don't you give me your week nine uh, stud of the week? Hey, stud. So I'm going to talk about someone that we haven't really ever talked about on this podcast, especially for studs <laughs> of the week. And so he yeah, had right. his best game of the season. I kind of briefly mentioned him early on, but that is Jimmy. 
Mr. Handsome Garoppolo. Jimmy G throwing the rock, doing what no one thought he was going to do and throw the rock and win this game with defense and the passing game. So he threw for 317 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Have a day, Jimmy G, because I don't know if we're going to be talking about you again. Uh, They play Arizona week 11 again, so maybe that might happen. But, you know, with all the other top performers of this week, uh, he's the one that just kind of stood out to me because I can't believe he was number three overall in points this week because that hasn't happened before. Who do you got, Steve? Yeah, that was impressive. And I don't know if you guys caught the uh, interview by Aaron Andrews at the end. He's kind of throwing his (laughs) shot at her. That was pretty funny, man. Um, but my uh, stead of the week, um, tying it a little bit to Russell Wilson, was Tyler Lockett, man. Um, he had a great game, 13 catches for 152 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, an amazing day for Tyler Lockett, especially because we're so used to him catching three, four balls for him to have 13 receptions. So if you're a Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett owner, you're probably hoping that he's going to kind of get this kind of volume again. So great week by Tyler Lockett. All right, Tommy, who's your dud of the week? You got the dud! Uh, my dud of the week, and I'm picking on the rookie, but he's been start and stop all year with all the quarterback carousel that, that has been going on in Washington. All hopes were on Dwayne Haskins this week to get oh, the man. start, pull something out, show that maybe he's the guy, he's worth that first-round pick, and that he could maybe do something with the F1, with a decent run game with Adrian Pearson. But he didn't, and it wasn't a great matchup against Buffalo, one of the best defenses in the league against quarterbacks. But he only threw for 144 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but that's about it. And, you know, on eight fantasy points on the week, um, with with how many injuries have been going on, if you're in a super flex league, two, t- uh, two quarterback league, you might have to start him because you had it to. And to get eight points from a quarterback, is just really bad. So he That's is my garbage. Of the week. That's yeah. so bad. <laughs> so bad, dude. It's it sucks, man. That that organization is such a dumpster fire. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's really incredible that they haven't done much. And I feel bad for the kid because we've talked about it. I think at the beginning of the pod of the beginning of the year when we talked about the new rookies coming into the new teams, and we've talked about how it's so important for a young player to go to a good organization, a good fit scheme, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good coaching. And for this young man to already lose his coach, like four weeks into the season, uh, you know, th- obviously they were divided in drafting him, you know, clearly by him not playing right away. So, I mean, this guy's career could be over. It could be another Rosen, you know, which sucks for him, you know? So yeah, it just sucks. And it just goes to show you how important it is, uh, how good fit is and, and where these rookies go. So, um, but my dud of the week, very disappointing, uh, Stefan Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, like I mentioned before, Adam Thielen did get hurt in that first quarter of the game against a weak KC defense. Uh, KC's offense did score, so it wasn't like it was a low-scoring game, and he only had one reception for four yards, so one fantasy point. Uh, you would think with Thielen being out, he'd at least have eight catches uh, or something like that, but uh, very disappointing for Stefan Diggs. He's had a really bad up and down year. He's got a couple good games here or there, but um, with feeling being out, I'm interested to see how he plays against Dallas this week right. on Sunday night. So we'll see. But uh, I mean, I think I think you still have to fire him up, um, especially with feeling being out. But man, if you're a Thiel- uh, Diggs owner, you're probably really pissed on Sunday. 
Well, and it didn't start off, the season didn't start off well, right? But the last three weeks have been really nice for Diggs, right. making Diggs owners feel a lot more vindicated that, you know, they didn't make the right, didn't make the wrong choice uh, in starting him and then to have that happen. But, you know, looking at the rest of his schedule, it just looks brutal, you know, with Dallas and Denver and then a bye week and then Seattle, Detroit, Chargers, Green Bay, like they're all top pretty good second top half of this yeah half of the league in secondaries and and you know giving up the least amount of uh points to the to the wide receiver position so yeah just not looking good you might you know with the last week week or two of trade uh before the trade deadline hits for most fantasy leagues um if, if you can move them you know with how that last week uh two weeks ago was and how it's been you know, if someone's still high on them you might want to consider moving digs off your team yeah definitely man i agree with that all right now let's take a quick break and uh, hear from our sponsor all right, guys, we're going to give you some free nuggets now. Uh, we're going to start off with our starts of the week for week 10. Tommy, go ahead and give us your first uh, start of the week. So my start of this week was with a big caveat, because if he's actually going to play is A.J. Green. And all signs were looking good. So there was a report that came out today that something yeah. was going on again with yeah, this foot. I don't think he practiced. Yeah. So it's not looking good. But <laughs> but if AJ Green does play, I think this is the week to start him. You know, and he is. They are going up against Baltimore. But um, the one thing that Baltimore doesn't do great is cover receivers and not give up fantasy points to the receivers. Uh, they give the give up the ninth most points to the wide receiver position. And even with a new quarterback starting for Cincinnati in, in Ryan Finley, it's like one of those games, like, it, you know, it's at home. It's kind of like a welcome home, welcome back type game. They decided not to trade him. And I think if he's there's going to be any game he's going to go off, it's going to be this one. So if yeah. with the bye weeks, you know, we have six teams on bye this week. And so if you need to start someone, especially in your flex, um, you might want to take a chance on A.J. Green if he's actually going to suit up. Nuggets. Definitely, I like that one. Um, my start of the week, I'm going to go with a guy that uh, probably it's probably uh, been frustrating for a lot of owners out there, but I'm going to go with David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he had a good week last week. Uh, he had two touchdowns. I know they were from the one-yard line, but um, still had two touchdowns, so he's getting that goal line work. And they're going against the Detroit Lions, who just got torched by Josh uh, Jacobs. So uh, the Lions right now um, have allowed 13 touchdowns to running backs and have the most fan uh, giving the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think you fire up David Montgomery confidently. I think he'll be RB two, possibly high end, uh, possibly low end RB one. Free nuggets. So definitely start of the week for me. All righty, Tommy. Who is your sit of the week? Sit down. Sit down. My sit of the week is one of the most frustrating players of this season, even though he has had a few weeks with double-digit fantasy points in PPR formats. Odell Beckham Jr. has just yeah. not been consistent because yeah. the Browns have not been consistent because yeah. Baker Mayfield has not been consistent. So they're going up against Buffalo this week, who is 30th in points, the wide receiver position. So they're third best in the league at stopping points to the receivers. Uh, if there's any week to sit OBJ, it's definitely this week, in my opinion. It just hasn't been looking great. They're already talking about possibly trading him uh, for next year, obviously. But 
but yeah, I, I just, it just hasn't been good. And and if you have opportunity again to get him off your team, you might because you could probably sell high with some name recognition and the somewhat decent amount of production that he has had. It's just not what you expected him to do, especially for a first round or a high second round draft pick. Yeah, he's killed some teams. I mean, yeah, if OJ, if the first week... I think when's the trade deadline uh, for most fantasy leagues? Is it this week or is it next week? Next week. Well, for a lot of the sleeper leagues, actually, you know, this week because I believe it's November 9th. Um, okay. So that's in a few days. Okay. So if it's, uh, if you're, if, if for whatever reason your uh, trade deadline is after this week, if o- OBJ has a great game, you trade him right away because it's going to be a fluke. It's not going to all of a sudden change. And, and as long as Freddie Kitchens is there, uh, they're gonna, he's going to be terrible. I mean, that offense is just a dumpster fire right now, and they got players freaking tweeting about killing people. And, you know, being <laughs> it's like, what is going on over oh, there, man? I saw that. That was yeah, so bad. so bad, man. So, um, yeah, crazy. Somehow the Browns managed to make one of the ex- most exciting players uh, in, uh, in the NFL garbage. You know, it's crazy to me. Free nuggets. Uh, but my uh, my sit of the week this week has probably got a lot of play, uh, people pumped up is Kenyon Drake for the uh, Arizona Cardinals now. Um, he, I know he had a great week last week, uh, but David Johnson already came out saying he's coming back. He's 100%. Obviously, he's feeling a little pressure, you know, maybe Drake taking his job. And so then you have, you know, David Johnson playing. So now you have a split committee uh, uh, running back. And then also... Um, Tampa Bay going unnoticed, but they have a really, really good rush defense and yep. they're only allowing 3.3 yards per carry to opposing running backs right now. So it's not even a good matchup. And then he's got a split time. Um, so I think you have to sit Drake this week. You know, see that how Johnson plays first. Yeah, totally. Free nuggets. But don't drop right. Drake because you never no, know what's no, going to happen. No. Well, yeah, David Johnson's – yeah, please don't drop Drake. I'm not saying that. I just said sit him. Yeah, because you never know. David Johnson may get hurt again. You know, obviously he's been hurt a lot lately. So um, – but eventually then Cora Edmonds is going to come back too. So that should take some uh, more time away from uh, uh, Drake. But uh, all right, Tommy, do you got any uh, free nugget sleeper or streamer for uh, this week in DFS? Yeah, my streamer for this week has been a, I think it was my pickup for last week uh, because of his amazing rest of the season schedule, and that is Sam Darnold. And, you know, he's going up against the Giants this week, who gives up the ninth most points to the quarterback position. It's a crosstown rivalry. He's been playing better. And right now on DraftKings, his salary is only at $5,800. So it's low enough where you can definitely get, build some other uh, good players around him and, and get a nice lineup going free nuggets yeah um, and i'll i'll uh, jump into that uh jets offense and i'll go with jameson crowder uh, for some reason he's sam donald's one of his favorite targets right now uh, last week he had an amazing game against the uh, dolphins he had nine targets for, uh, and eight receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown uh, now going against like you said the giants where they're very susceptible uh slot cornerbacks are terrible right now so I definitely go fire up Jamison Crowder, and I can't imagine he's too much in DraftKings right now. Could have a big game this week for the Jets. Yeah, Jamison Crowder is currently at five thousand uh, dollars on yeah. DraftKings, so um, you know I may want to consider that stack too if that's the best, you know, the two best players you can get uh, for that price. But yeah. it, it's looking great, you know, for 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 these two players moving forward. You know, and their uh, their connection's great. He gives uh, 
Sam Darnold gives Jameson a ton of targets, and I think that's a great pickup. Uh, if he's still available, too, because a lot of people dropped him in a lot of leagues. Uh, if Jameson's out there, you should definitely go pick him up. Definitely. Free nuggets. All right, Tommy, do you have any? I know we touched a little bit about some, talked a little bit about trades right now with OBJ. So I definitely want to, like I said, if he has a good game, look to trade him or even look to trade him now. Um, but is there anybody else that you're maybe be interested in trying to buy low or sell right now? Want to trade? Nah. Why not? I like mine better. Wait here. I'll trade you all this money for the Dorito. You know, one, my, one name comes to mind for me is Keenan Allen. Um, mm-hmm. Is that somebody that you think to trade or, or just kind of ride it out with him? If, I mean, or get whatever you can, because I don't think you can get much right now. He's having a really off year. Yeah, yeah. And I think the window to buy Keenan Allen or, or to sell high on Keenan Allen um, was about four weeks ago. So yeah. um, it, he's definitely been on our – we've talked about him a few times on the podcast uh, as a dud of the week. Um, but, yeah, if you can move him for you know because of name value, even for like a tight end, if you're really hurting that tight end, you definitely might want to consider it because, you know, you're not going to be missing out a whole lot uh, by not having Keenan Allen. But one guy, you know, he's also in the AFC West, one guy that I think that's worth trading for. And and I think at this time, he's not a buy low candidate, but he's still not super high either. And that's Josh Jacobs. You know, if you can get Josh Jacobs right now, the rest of his schedule is really nice. The hardest def- run defense they're going to go against is Jacksonville. And even then, they give up the 18th most points uh, to the running back position. So um, if, if that's the toughest run defense you're going against and the amount of usage they're going to have for Josh Jacobs, again, you know, not amazing in the passing game, but that could still improve. Um, you know, he's a real consistent wide, uh, running back too. And and he might be a guy that uh, if you can add him to your roster at this point in the game about to go into playoffs, especially if you're a contender, uh, with that strength of schedule uh, being so easy for him, uh, I think, you know, he's going to help be a league winner for a lot of people so that's that's definitely my number one trade target someone tried to get them for me um in the super friends league it's a good offer um but i don't think i'm gonna do it <laughs> do you mind disclosing the offer so people can kind of uh, get an idea i will say one of the players was aaron jones and that was really smart because i've been super high on aaron jones uh, but he has had a couple of off weeks he does have a few uh, tough games left on his schedule and a bye week um, and so that's really what kind of pushed it for me uh to try to keep josh jacobs is because he's already had his bye week and i can use him every single week um pretty consistently and and there's a little bit of inconsistency there uh with jones even though i love aaron jones he's a great player but it also wasn't just one for one um you know he wanted austin hooper and i was you know i just at the end of the day i I just didn't think i could have gone back and forth with a counter yeah, well, I could I could have gone back with a counter, you know, that would have made it a little bit more fair in my opinion. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel comfortable giving up Josh Jacobs. He's a solid RB two, and and that's what he is. You know, my on my roster in the Super Friends League, it's McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs, and yeah, I, I'm loving that duo right now. You know, I'm real happy with it. It's real consistent, and and for me, that for the playoffs, that's what I need. Free nuggets. Good stuff, man. And that's a good segue right now to uh, some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys. Just to give you guys a quick update on the league. Um, right now, um, we currently have three teams tied in f- f- first place at six and three. Right now, Mexicans is number one. Uh, Tommy's team, Christian Minglers, is number two. Aaron Rapoli is in third place. Good job, Aaron. It's nice to see you on the top and not at the bottom. 
uh, and then we have uh, four five. Uh, is tied up right now at five and four. As I said, Watson Dominic's team with uh, Vince's team, Noble Savages, five and four, and Dumpster Baby is uh, at uh, number six right now at four and five with Expendables and The Godfather. And at the end, we have Arm Rogery and Dumpster Fire again, three and six and two and seven. Yeah, uh, um, Matt changing his baby. <laughs> Matt changing his name to Dumpster Baby. It was Dumpster Fire Two earlier, and I saw that uh, just change it to Dumpster Baby, which actually makes me laugh even more because yeah. that's pretty funny. And a nod to Family Guy, huh? Yep. <laughs> uh, very cool. All right, so let's go through these matchups. Big weeks. It's been a really fun year. Uh, all everyone's been pretty uh, evenly matched up. I feel a little bit right now. Teams are starting to separate just slightly. Obviously, with the point totals kind of makes a difference too. Um, seeing what teams are playing better, um, but I think overall it's been one of our most uh, uh, even years uh, mm-hmm. that I've remembered in a long time. So, uh, why don't we start up with the first matchup? We'll start up with uh, number one versus number three: Mexicans versus Stand Up Colin. Um, I am obviously the owner of the Mexicans, so I'm going to go for myself because I think I'm going to smoke Aaron this week, and I don't think he has a chance. Uh, Tommy, who do you who do you got this week? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, uh, again, you know, the, the core of your team with Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Dalvin Cook, uh, and even Darren Waller and Godwin. I mean, that's that's solid right there. But all all five of those guys can put up a ton of points every week. And I, I do like stand-up Collins team. I like Amari Cooper, uh, Hunter Henry coming back. And then he has these guys that just have been inconsistent all year, and they should be good. You know, Jarvis Landry, Marlon Mack, James Conner might not be playing this week, so that's a free nugget, Aaron. <laughs> Monitor that all week, and you might want to take him out. Uh, and then Breda, you know. So Breda's a great running back. It just you don't know what they're going to do in San Francisco. And Marlon Mack is a great running back, but last week didn't do anything. And then we all know about the Cleveland Browns, so um, my, my money's totally on Mexicans this week. Yeah, I also caught him kind of on a bad bye week too with his with uh, James White, who's been super good in, in fantasy this year, even though he hasn't been scoring too many touchdowns. And uh, the, uh, Deshaun Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, uh, being on a bye. So, all righty, next matchup we have is Arm Rodri versus Christian Minglers. So Tommy's team versus Fosberg team. Fosberg's having a really bad year. Uh, he has been very quiet this year, which has been surprising. But I think it's because. Uh, He's been that bad, I guess. I don't know. What do you think, Tommy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You bad. know, I, I know he's uh, he's busy uh, with work and stuff, and um, but yeah, not not really making any moves to improve his team. So just kind of uh, flying by the seat of his pants, so to speak, on just how good uh, his starting lineup is going to be, which has been totally up and down. Last week he actually put up a decent amount of points, but I think the matchups this week are a lot tougher. Um, even just with his two receivers, with Tyler Lockett and Emmanuel Sanders going against each other on Monday Night Football, um, both teams' defenses are pretty good against the uh, against the pass. Uh, and Derrick Henry, I, I think it's just been not necessarily a bust, but he's doing what I think he does every single year. And and then in December might be a lot better, but now it's just not working out. Kamara is another big question mark. If Kamara comes back, that's going to be a pretty good game, uh, especially against Atlanta. Might have a really big game. So that's the only one I'm really worried about. But um, you know, my team has just been kind of hitting. It's starting to hit at the right time with Hill and Evans and Jacobs and McCaffrey. Um, you know, I'm kind of just a little questionable at, at quarterback with Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, but um, everything else, I'm, I'm loving it right now. Yeah, I definitely got you this week uh, winning easily um, with Tyreek Hill, uh, even though it's a hard matchup against Tennessee, but 
you know, no one can keep, compete with the uh, cheetah speed. Uh, Mike Evans is coming along, and Godwin's kind of been having to take a back seat to him, which has kind of sucked for me lately. But Mike Evans is playing well. Josh Jacobs against the Chargers. McCaffrey, we all know what he's doing. Hooper, uh, number one tight end right now. And Devin Singletary coming, uh, Singletary coming on strong right now. Um, so even a third running back, not a lot of people are able to play a flex, a running back at the flex uh, position. So good for you, man. Um, and then Arm Rodgers, you better hope for a lot of game, uh, points where I think the San Francisco-Seattle game may be a low-scoring game. I don't uh-huh. expect a lot of fireworks. Um, so that's going to be rough. And then Kamara, you know, we don't know. You know, yeah, he's coming back. But, you know, if they get up big on the Atlanta Falcons, do they lean more on Latavius Murray running the ball and give him more of a breather? You know, you don't know. So I think it's going to be a rough, a rough uh, week for Arm Rodgers this uh, week. So, all right, let's move on to now number seven versus number eight, the Expendables versus Godfather. Who do you have, Tommy? And this one's a real interesting matchup. Um, you know, in standings, they're right next to each other at seven and eight. So both of them need a win to kind of pull ahead of the other because they're both tied at four and five right now. Um, so not out of the playoffs. Not out of the playoffs. Yet. Definitely not. And that's the interesting yeah. thing about this league. I don't think anyone statistically is out of the playoffs. No. Um, the last two positions, it's definitely not looking great. But, you know, the the main thing, and I'm sure he'll change it, uh, uh, Godfather still has Philadelphia in as his defense, um, and and he's going to be hurting with with Jack Doyle at his tight end position. And besides that, you know the matchups are okay. Saquon Barkley has a good matchup against the Jets, but you know looking at the expendable side, he's got just a lot of boomer bust guys. Thielen, he still has Thielen in there for some reason, um, but he has David Montgomery, who you said you know had your start of the week this week, so. He's coming along. I think he'll be okay. He'll probably throw Mahomes back in there. So he definitely has to switch up his lineup a little bit. But um, I'm also seeing right now he's carrying three quarterbacks in a one <laughs> quarterback league. So free nugget. He's hoarding them, dude. He's hoarding them. <laughs> you can hoard Ryan Tannehill all he wants. <laughs> no one's going to miss out on that. So yeah. free nugget to expendables. Yeah find somebody else. It, it doesn't even matter. Get another kicker or something, but do something yeah. different. <laughs> Free nuggets. Yeah, I know. Uh, rough year for the Godfather, man. He started oh. the year pretty decent, and uh, his team has kind of taken it for the worst. It's a tough one. Like you said, Art has a lot of boomer bust. You know, right now he's projected at one twenty six to one twelve, but that could change easily with Feeling being out. Um, and like you said, um, I think I'm just going to go with the Expendables because I I like his matchups a little bit. I think Julio Jones might have a great day against New Orleans unless Lattimore can shut him down, but. I don't think a lot of people shut down Julio, and I think they may be coming from behind. So the the game script's going to be good for him. I uh, like Drew Brees against Atlanta. That's awesome. The fact that he has Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, probably put a little bit too much uh, investment in quarterbacks in the draft. Maybe that's why his team's a little bad right now. But um, good, good, good matchup against Atlanta. So and David Montgomery was my start of the week. So I'm going to go with Art this week. You know, and the other thing I noticed too, um, Godfather has Evan Ingram uh, on his bench, and he's definitely looking out, but. He he had an MRI today, and it's not it hasn't been ruled out for like the year or anything like that. But he is going to see the same specialist that treated Cam Newton, and so it's not looking good, you know, for Evan Ingram moving forward. So you got uh, listeners out there definitely would plan. I would plan accordingly. Um, it sucks to lose Evan Ingram, but there is a chance that he's going to be gone for the whole year. Yeah, and surprisingly, not starting Tevin Coleman, which is surprising to me. You know, because Oakland's defense, I know they got Melvin Gordon to play in Oakland, but Oakland has a pretty good rush defense. Now, passing defense is a different situation, but I'm interested to see how that turns out for him. 
Um, yeah, he'll probably know, start <laughs> leaving a lot of bench players with a lot of points lately. He'll probably start the wrong guy this week again. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Now we have the next matchup, the Dumpster Fire Bowl. Uh, we have Dumpster Baby versus Dumpster Fire. Uh, Dumpster Baby's ranked six. Dumpster Fire is in last place right now. Dumpster Baby is projected to win 124 to 118. Tommy, who do you have, bud? I don't even know. <laughs> it's, just, it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'll pick Dumpster Fire because of the potential uh, of his players. These guys should be good. Juju, Mike Williams, Devontae Freeman, David Johnson, Kittle. They all should be good, right? So you want to believe it's gonna happen. So I'm just gonna pick Dumpster Fire just based on the belief that the guys that he has that are actually good are actually gonna put up some numbers this week. And, and I like that we're going to have a quarterback battle on Monday Night Football with Dumpster yeah. Baby starting Russell Wilson and Dumpster Fire starting Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dumpster Baby. I just like his team just slightly better, even though he's still starting Le'Veon Bell, which he's questionable. I'm not sure. I have you heard anything, Tommy, if he's going to play or not? I haven't uh, heard, I haven't heard that he's it. out. He did not practice yeah. uh, today, but the MRI That's on his knee did come back okay. Okay, cool. Got Aaron Jones, who I think has a big bounce back week against Carolina. Um, I also like Austin Eckler against the Raiders. Um, you know, they're not, they're pretty good against the run, but against the pass are pretty terrible. So I think there could be a lot of points there with PPR. Um, so yeah, it, it might potentially come down, um, to that Russell Wilson, how well he plays. So, um, I am going with dumpster baby. I just don't like dumpster fires team at all. It's got a lot of, you know, low, uh, high floor guys, but low ceiling guys, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time, I don't see a lot of big bust, a big boom potential. And I think it's going to take, you know, at least 135 points to win this week for him. So uh, we'll see how it comes out. All right. The last one of the week, pretty big one too. I said Watson, who's in fourth place versus Noble Savages, who's in fifth place. Right now they're projected 124-124, so pretty even matchup. Um, who do you got, Tommy? Yeah, even matchup, uh, even record too at five and four. Both needing a win. Both have been uh, up at the top of our league at one point this season. And now are just trying to scratch their way to to solidifying their spot in the playoffs right now. So I think this is a big one for them. Um, and looking at it, uh, just just off the top, you know, I said Watson has all of his guys that are supposed to start this week. Besides the tight end position, going everyone is ready to go. Uh, he still has Kenyon Drake in there. Um, I know he just got back from Mexico, so he hasn't uh, switched that guy out yet. And looking at his bench, every single person he has on his bench is on a bye, except for Kareem, except for Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So I don't know what he's gonna do. Um, he's he's probably gonna have to drop Kareem. Which I'm waiting, I'm waiting for him to drop somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Got to drop somebody, you know. And yeah. and and with all those guys there, I don't know who it's gonna be. Um, but even that, even with Kenyon Drake there, I, I like him more than. Uh, Zach Pascal is like one of the hot pickups of the week. Um, and so so Noble Savages is rolling with him. Um, and his running backs are solid. And they've, they've been solid all year. Uh, he's also trying to hope that Christian Kirk has a good week. So his flex has been the weakest spot and, and his wide receiver. So uh, even with the Kenyon Drake thing, I, just overall, I like I said Watson's team overall a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go I said Watson for the same reasons that you were saying. He finally has his team. Uh, Devonte Adams should be a lot better than last week. Um, uh, second week now playing, 
Um, you know, Chris Carson against San Francisco. I know that San Francisco has a good defense, but they're still kind of vulnerable to the run um, with what Drake did last week. It kind of sh- uh, showed us a little bit of that. I think he's playing Drake because, like you said, he has really no options um, to do that. And uh, I like uh, Kenny Galladay as well, getting some points against Ch- Chicago defense. is still good, but I think they're vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and on uh, Vince's side, it's just I don't like his receivers at all with Moore and Pascal. Um, he's hoping Elliott and Ingram can carry him and Kelsey. Um, and even with Kirk is kind of question mark. Um, but that Tampa Bay uh, de- uh, passing defense is pretty bad. So I definitely understand why he started him. So yeah. I'm still good with I said Watson this week. So Lamar Jackson should ball out too against the Cincinnati defense. And the only thing I'm worried about that is that they may run the ball more. So it's a good Mark Ingram game because it might get up on him. And I don't think he, you know, part of Lamar's game is also, you know, running the ball a lot. He may not need to this week. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about him for. Other than that, though, I, I think uh, he looks pretty good. So, all right, everyone, thanks again for listening uh, to this week's show. Before you log off, please go and rate and review the podcast on whatever app you're listening to. Send us a DM of the review, and we'll send you some stickers. And remember, you can always hit us up on the pod's Twitter handle, at 2-1-1-FFB-Podcast, for all your waiver wire trades and start sick questions. And as always, you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at FBSavant7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And Dom's at Yeast Mode 24. Thanks again for listening and good luck this week in fantasy. Yee, yee, yee. Bad boy.